Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Hello and welcome to another episode of Surveyor Says. My name is Tim Birch. I'm president-elect of NSPS. And today we're going to go a little bit different route. Uh, we've had some fun talking to uh, candidates for NSPS and for the young surveyors. Now we're going to jump right back into industry and talk about some things that uh, that really are, are very important and I think uh, are becoming more and more important every day. Um, we're talking to our good friends of uh, DGT out of Boston. I think that's where you two gentlemen are at. Um, I don't Matters not. Which Mike wants to go first? Let me kick off. All right, I'm the I'm the one with the big ego, I guess. Uh, Mike, <laughs> I'll be Mike one. So I'm Mike Clifford. If you need an introduction, I'm a licensed land surveyor, yes. Massachusetts, uh, also in Rhode Island. Uh, my office is at, right in Boston in the Seaport District. Um, one of the founders and uh, currently president of DGT. Uh, which is a firm with about with four offices, three in Mass, Eastern to West Central Massachusetts, and one in uh, Southeast Connecticut, and uh, about 48 people, I think, the last time I counted. Uh, we're looking at the Christmas bonuses, so I better get the get the totals <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, that's it. I'm, I'm a practicing licensed land surveyor, degree in civil engineering. Don't hold that against me. Uh, but mm-hmm. I'm right out in college, had a couple of survey classes uh, at Northeastern University in Boston, and uh, went right into survey, co-op jobs in survey, and uh, went right into that as a career in the, uh, I'll say, the mid-'80s, maybe the early-1980s, started out. Nice, nice. All right, Mike, Mike number two. Yes, we actually try to make it easy for people, so when they ask for a mic, there's one of us who's going to definitely chime in. But uh, my name is go. Michael Twig. <laughs> I'm the uh, director for the subsurface utility mapping at DGT. Um, actually, I'm a 38-year uh, rookie of the industry. I've been involved with uh, locating and mapping underground infrastructure my entire life. So I've had the pleasure of working on four continents, cut the grass on three. So um, I'm feeling pretty good that it's been a good career choice to be involved with uh, locating and mapping underground utilities. And uh, these days, my Clifford and myself have been collaborating on underground utility mapping, and it's a, a large part of our work. Uh, and we, it's an industry that's growing and growing. So we're a part of uh, champion surveyors to be involved more uh, with underground utility locating. And I think a lot of the problems with infrastructure, we have solutions that can apply to every surveyor. Uh, in the country. So uh, we look forward to this opportunity to discuss it today. Sure, sure. Well, and this falls right in line. We've uh, we start recently started a What is Surveying series, talking about GIS, talking about geospatial, talking about a few other things, because uh, in, uh, obviously the, the three of us go far enough back that we remember it. I'm actually a second generation surveyor, and I always kid around that today's surveying is not my father's surveying, uh, tasks and there's so much more technology and so much more opportunity that now we're getting into the to the the subsurface underground stuff and 
this is really surveying. It's not just some off uh, off brand niche of things. It, this is really surveying, and uh, so I guess this really this is really I, I'm I'm glad that we've hooked up and to talk about this because would really like to know more, and I think we're going to need to know more as this as this market sector grows. So I guess the first question I asked for for both of you is why are surveyors the best professionals to really oversee and manage SUE SUE types of uh, types of work? Uh, Mike two, you want to go for that one? Yeah, I I think one of the the big uh, cases for surveyors being involved with underground uh, is the spatial accuracy that we can bring to the table. Uh, I think if you look at a, a lot of what we write and talk about over the uh, uh, past few decades, uh, surveyors have played a, um, a lesser role or a, a, a not enough of uh, participation in locating and mapping the underground. And what we saw was a transition from very highly reliable maps from the early late 1800s, early 1900s. Uh, and as the years have progressed, there's been less surveyors at utility asset owners' offices. Uh, and what we've seen is a degradation in the quality of the information. And, and it's not that GIS databases don't always have the right information. It's not always in the correct geospatial position. So in recent years, we've seen the turning of the tide where more surveyors, more uh, utility surveyors have been involved with mapping the underground and bringing back the spatial awareness for where things are really buried. Uh, and that becomes very important, not from an uh, asset owner's operation and maintenance, but it also has a huge impact in uh, underground damage prevention for asset owners that you see all of these catastrophic incidents around the country. Uh, and we really feel that sometimes it's a spatial awareness. People are, the common thread is people said, I didn't realize I was digging on a gas line. I didn't realize the utility was here or they mismarked the location. So Mike and I study this uh, phenomenon pretty uh, seriously on, on a regular basis, and the common thread always comes up that it's uh, it was just not accurate, it wasn't right. And we believe that if more surveyors participate in our industry, if they get involved uh, and they're aware of the dangers and what the risks are associated, uh, they would approach it differently and be more involved because it is a growing industry and you can manage the risk very well as a surveyor. We're well accused to risk, so um, I think there's a big role for us here. Well, Mr. Clifford, I think he's pretty much covered a lot of it. Uh, anything you want to add to that? Uh, well, well, yeah, always. Uh, most surveyors know SUE. They know the term, and many surveyors have, have worked in that industry, subsurface utility engineering. Uh, we use the terms uh, SUM, M for mapping, subsurface utility mapping. Uh, in some cases, uh, I for information, as subsurface utility information, uh, as we talk more towards how the data is, is not collected and uh, mapped, but how it's handled and put into uh, intelligent systems uh, for, 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 you know, uh, for legacy use and, and, and broad use, brought much more than the specific project at hand. Uh, so you know, if you get a bunch of surveys in a room and uh, you start talking about surveying, you're going to hear some heavy sighing, right? Oh, man, I'd hate important utilities. I hate connecting the dot. You know, the old thing used to be 
uh, I'm kind of a, you know, from the hand drawing days, we got the colored pencils out in the tracing paper and you trace out the utilities. I'm talking level C for those in the mm -hmm. know with ASC 3802. We didn't call it level C back then in the day, but that's what it, what it was, connecting the dots, in other words. So you connect the dots, you, you, then you give it to the felt the desk next to you and to, to check it and uh, they come up with something different uh, for the map. And so 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 surveys have the, the, the deep history and plot and mapping utilities as you know the discipline of surveying is mapping things correctly and get it into a CAD format for designers to work from or and or GIS. Uh, so you know, we recognize that, uh, you know, SUE is, a, is an industry, it's an, an association now. Uh, it's uh, what uh, the term that ASCE 38, uh, ASCE uses, and no knock on it, subsurface utility engineering is a very important discipline. Uh, it has to do with managing utilities from planning through to commissioning. Uh, the role of a surveyor in it, of course, is mapping. We, we DGT, uh, we have engineers in the company, but they're not involved with this uh, directly. Uh, we're not giving engineering advice. We're not designing utilities. We're not, uh, you know, writing, uh, you know, manuals on uh, maintenance of utilities. We're basically finding where they are, which involves a, a geotech as well as surveying and traditional survey techniques, but significantly mapping and getting getting these into what looks like a survey state point coordinates or a project control system um, uh, in, in a plan, a CAD file that a design engineer can use. So uh, uh, yeah, you know, Mike and I, I think we, uh, we don't call ourselves apostles on this. Uh, I'm not gonna get all grandiose, but we talk it up. We go to, we've been to Mousy, the mass surveyors, uh, and we've spoken at New Hampshire uh, to the Rhode Island surveyors uh, about this topic. And, you know, we always try to emphasize that, look, look guys, ladies, this is surveying. There's a, we used to complain about the GIS got away from us. Well, you still hear that. Oh, the GIS, that, that should have been surveying. Well, this is something that is not getting away from us. Uh, it's, it's, everybody recognizes in a project uh, framework that the surveyor is the one who provides the property line, the grades, topography. Well, what's on the ground? That's part of the mix. Exactly. Well, and I guess something I wanted to touch on with you guys that, um, especially in this era now, you know, I, even beyond the, the 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 pandemic and such. I mean, we're we're, we're the surveying community, the surveying profession is, is I won't say it's necessarily a renaissance, but we, if you're not a surveyor right now and you're busy, you're doing something wrong. So everybody's busy. There's so much stuff going on, and you know, I'm. I'm similar to you. I'm based out of a, a, a major metropolitan area here in Chicago. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, a lot of people spending money doing all this stuff. Are are you finding uh, less resistance to uh, wanting to do this underground locating a lot of this stuff? Because we're seeing it that we're recommending to a lot of our de developer clients that they're now, I mean, we're getting into some more brownfield areas and things to where these are spots that weren't previously looked at because of cost constraints and whatever. They're now spending that extra money to do a lot more investigating into some of these spots. Are you seeing that as a trend that people are actually spending the money and and then going, wow, this I wish I'd had this information before? Either one, let, Mr. Let Clifford. Me, let me, but, okay, let me throw out that. Uh, uh, yes, to an extent. Uh, uh, client demand for uh, subsurface utility mapping 
uh, you know, to level B in A standards has not exploded, but it is definitely increasing. The awareness is increasing. Uh, you know, we always say that, well, once we do that for, for a client, do the you know, level B mapping, for instance, uh, then the next time we've had this with uh, you know, institution, I'm thinking of one university, a campus situation where the next time they say, oh, can you also give me a quote for that kind of utility mapping you did, you know, meaning level B. Uh, utility companies, we work for major utility companies, and they certainly know what it is. And uh, it's in, 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 in they're up on the technology. They're not buying it, right? That's not their expertise, but they, they understand radar tomography, and they're talking to us about it. Vacuum excavation uh, in the utility world is very well known, has been for a long time. We So, yeah, I am definitely, definitely seeing uh, an uptick in, I say, over the past, Oh, five to eight years, maybe 10 years in client awareness. Uh, it doesn't hurt that DGT, when we write a proposal for topography uh, for a site that, that you know, involves utilities, as inevitably they do, quite often uh, we put in a breakout and add alternate uh, proposal for level B surveying uh, and send them the ASCE standards at 3802 so they know what it is, D through uh, A. So I think yeah, that's a bit of education we're doing through our uh, proposals uh, that 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 is is getting traction. Good, good. Mike, you got anything to add to add to that? Yes, I think one of the. I'm sorry about a my little guy barking here in the background. I'm working from I work from home in Florida these days, so it's been very very nice. Good. Um, but one of the one of the things that we have seen in the past couple of years is we still fight the awareness of the service that. Um, subsurface mapping or utility surveyors provide. So, you know, traditionally, if you look at what a, uh, any of the websites for uh, the definition of a surveyor in most respective states, it says it's, a, it's defined as a professional uh, surveyor that maps the above ground, but it also has a reference to the underground workings. Uh, but for many years, I think, you know, surveyors have been just preoccupied with the surface of the world up uh, and forsaking some of the efforts that we could do for mapping the underground. And for us, you know, despite uh, the ASE 3802 has been in place for uh, 20 years now, uh, we still find customers and clients that were not aware of the standard. They didn't realize we have a standard of care. And all of our industry is designed about communicating the reliability of subsurface information on a drawing. So if you look at a traditional topographic or an ALTA survey, uh, a lot of the lines, the, the uh, line types doesn't really tell you how reliable the information. Is it hearsay? Did it come from a one-call paint on the ground? Right. Uh, and so what we try to do is turn back the clock and said, okay, we can, the ASE was designed uh, with the 3802 was designed to communicate reliable information. So what Mike is referring to as level B is some sort of a remote sensing technology. Uh, and it can be anything from a $1,000 pipe locator up to our half a million dollar radar tomography unit uh, where we investigate the underground. And we can actually uh, trace and detect an underground facility, survey that up and put it onto a drawing and have a high reliability that it's accurate and it's in the right place. And we know approximate uh, location by definition. On the contrary, if it carries an annotation to low level, which is level D, it's uh, basically hearsay. It could be a trench cut. It could be uh, remembering a line. Uh, it could be documents from old records or legacy data that has never been verified. Um, but the, the intent is for design, construction, civil designers, contractors to be able to understand what uh, the source of the document, how reliable it is, so they can make informed decisions to keep themselves and everybody downstream from us on the project safe. 
Uh, and so that's really where our focus is. And what Mike refers to is we've added this into our proposals for clients for many years because if they're not aware of it, then mm-hmm. if we're plotting, if we're doing an ALSA survey, we're not doing any investigation with remote sensing technology. On the other hand, if you're going into final design of a major building or a utility, uh, you probably do want to investigate the underground to mitigate the risks, but also to uh, make sure that you do a very good design. So we do a lot of work in terms of the uptick in work. I think it's not really about anything to do with the pandemic. It's getting more awareness out there, whether it's in social media or in the publications and the public speaking we do. Uh, but just try to get the word out there that more and more surveyors are getting involved with this. The technology is getting better, and it's very attractive to bring young surveyors into our industry uh, because there's a great career to be had here. Well, exactly, and that's one reason we're we're trying to do, especially you know, at, you know, at the national level with NSPS and through our state affiliates, trying to figure out more and more ways to really broadcast this the message of all of the opportunities that are within surveying because of the, all the geospatial uh, opportunities, just there's so many, and this obviously is being one. And like I said, that's what we're seeing in the Chicago area, at least, is that uh, out of necessity, the, the underground lo- uh, exploration needs to be done and mapping needs to be done because some of these sites that we're going back to, going back you know, 100, 150 years, who knows what was there, and all of a sudden they now want to put an- another Amazon warehouse there. And uh, the, the clients are wanting to, pu- wanting to pull the trigger on, on this technology that much easier. At least that's what we're seeing here. So I'm glad that you're including that uh, by almost by default within your proposals, just like you said, just to make the clients aware of, of all of these things. Um, as far as licensed land surveyors putting all of this together with uh, a specialist that's doing uh, that 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 knows the technology, that knows the um, the the ins and outs of what they're seeing uh, through uh, through your location devices. Um, I mean, how much does the, the the surveyor actually play a role in that actual detection um, and just or oversight of the data? I mean, how does that work with with a licensed land surveyor? Well, yeah, I'd like to answer that. Uh, the uh, well, first of all, we have in-house people who know how to use GPR and line trace and the electronics. So, so, so that's key. It's not necessary. A surveyor quite often teams with those people. But uh, you know, the, the, I'll put I'll put it this way: you know, we get calls quite often from people who go on the internet. Uh, they have to find some underground lines. You know, sometimes they they dig in a hole tomorrow. The pile drivers are coming. I tell them, well, okay. That's, you don't want us, okay? Uh, give us some time to send out the letters and wait a few weeks to get the planes back from utilities, and then we'll do our professional job. Uh, but I say that more more politely than that. But but when people call like that, and it's a real project, they're doing some expansion, uh, you know, th- that they really need true mapping. Uh, I've learned to ask them, well, who else are you getting pricing from? Who else are you calling? And invariably, quite often at least, uh, they've called firms that do components of underground location. Uh, firms that specialize in uh, GPR readings are you know, geotechnical uh, people, geophysical people, line traces, uh, people who are very good at what they do. But what they're not getting uh, it, it, it is uh, somebody who's going to give them a plan, a CAD file, Right, that goes right to the civil engineer for for design work. Uh, so that mm-hmm. becomes a matter of oh well, now the survey comes in and locates the paint marks. 
right, and puts that on the plan. So I, I explained to people that, well, you know, with the survey run in the project, we start from the get-go with uh, the geospatial aspect that you need to develop a set of uh, design construction plans. So that is where the surveyor comes in. Uh, we, we've had cases, you know, Mike and I re, were, will recall being at a, uh, a DOT meeting where we're talking about this with DOT engineers and uh, they came in, one of the fellows left the room and he came back with a report from a, uh, uh, from a, uh, an underground mapper, underground uh, specialist. And it was a GBC bound thick volume with uh, a lot of information in there, you know, images. Uh, from the GPR readout, explanations, tolerances, and so forth. He slammed it down on the table, a little bit of a dunk on that old oak uh, drafting room table. And uh, and he said, there's no CAD file. <laughs> How am I going to design my my, uh, my highway exit? Uh, so, so, so that's what we promote as professional mappers is that you know we're not we're not uh, dendrologists, but we can get a tree on there, right? We know we can tell you a coniferous from a deciduous, and you know we can even go further, find the Latin name of the the, uh, the Vulgate name for the tree, uh, if you want us to, the drip edge. So you know we're not we're not architectural historians, but you know we can describe that building well enough. So if if, if you see what I'm getting at, mm -hmm. is that there's there's nothing wrong with Survey as professional land surveys harnessing the disciplines necessary uh, to give the client what they want and what they need. Well, good, Mr. Tuig, you have anything to throw so, into that? Yes, from from my perspective, um, we get quite a lot of uh, questions about um, you know the the teams that are involved with preparing subsurface utility maps, uh, and we describe it. It's no different from uh, doing any major building project. There's a lot of professional trades involved that have to work in unison to complete a project, whether it's steel workers, electricians, uh, carpenters. So there's a lot of professionals involved and our service is not much different. Um, so we still believe that it uh, should be under the supervision of a licensed uh, professional surveyor to oversee the works to make sure that it conforms to state standards, rules and regulations that apply to the work, uh, which is where some of the uh, surveyors that are in utilities run amok because they're actually doing it uh, and probably breaking state and federal laws, depending on where you work. Um, for us, there's a, a clear and concise uh, overview by a licensed site professional. Um, so in many of my projects, it's either Mike or one of our other principals. Um, but then we also have a, a lot of professionals that are very good at line tracing. There's the uh, people that are using pipe locators. Uh, we've got a PhD on staff that does the geophysics work that I uh, review and look at, but it's a very tough thing to learn this thing quickly. Uh, mm. But we also have traditional surveyors that are locating not only uh, the results from our investigation inside chambers, LIDAR work that we do above and below ground, uh, but also doing the pit diagram similar to what asset owners did in the past. So we have a lot of people working together. Um, and uh, we do find there's um, a difference of opinion with some people in our industry, um, but we believe we're right. We, by reading definition of professional land surveyors, we believe this is the domain of a surveyor. And we have a lot to bring to the table, but uh, it doesn't mean that Mike has to be a professional geophysicist to be able to run some of the equipment, but we know how the workflows go and the work we do is very similar to traditional surveying. Um, in fact, one of the biggest impacts what we have on our industry is that for many surveyors to uh, minimize the risk associated with the traditional work they're doing today, uh, and it's amazing to us that we still find people that are not aware of this, 
is that even if a surveyor just took every drawing they prepared with utility information and said all the utility line information depicts, depicted on these drawings uh, conforms to ASCE quality level D information. And um, in addition to the one call, so we often see the one calls, uh, but we definitely think that surveyors in general should be adding that note that all information should be considered quality level D information by the 3802 okay. standard. Uh, and that helps with risk and uh, management of the risk associated with underground construction. Very good. I I will admit, I just made a note of that. That's that's an uh, I like that tip. So definitely uh, uh, we'll consider that going forward. No, I guess as far as the the technology itself goes, um, obviously it's uh, it's a big invest. It's been a been a big investment uh, over the years, and really trying to delve into this stuff. Uh, how much? I guess how much training, how much uh, knowledge do you real? I mean, what does one have to have to be able to to uh, go out and then use this technology um, with a, a high confidence level? I mean, how much do they really need to know about the workings of the the equipment itself? Thirty years, Mike. Thirty-five years. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll yeah. let you give the serious answer. Yeah, I, I, no, I'm a 38-year rookie. I learn something every day about utilities, and the bigger your geographic area, Good. the more you have to learn. There's different things in different places. But I, I think if you start at the fundamentals, um, you know, the, the very first thing is locating uh, all the surface structures to get to level C and D. Uh, I think every surveyor in the country is quite capable of pulling that together and putting a drawing that meets the first two standards. So, you know, like Mike had said earlier, that level C information is surveying up utility structures, you know, connecting the dots without remote sensing technologies and adding the attributes, uh, whether it's a CAD or a GIS document, to, you know, carry that reliability information over to other users. But the, the remote sensing technologies get a little bit tougher, um, especially with the uh, GPR system. So a pipe locator is a very simple tool. And there's some great places like Staking University in Illinois is one of the great uh, places that you can send them. We still send, even though all the years of using them, mm -hmm. uh, I still we still send locators to be trained at Staking University in Illinois because it's a great fundamental training of how to get familiar with the systems, what they do, how to work them, uh, and how to connect up to live systems safely. Uh, ground penetrating radar is a little bit uh, uh, more difficult. It's very easy to push a GPR system around, whether it's a push cart system, uh, which is the single and double channel units. But our um, half a million dollar investment recently is to radar tomography, which is a big wide array, seven feet wide that we tow behind the vehicle. And getting positioning on a moving system like that is it's a little bit tougher. Um, obviously, we've got to do the not only GPS, uh, there's, you know, HDM there cables for uh, wheel encoders. Um, now we're looking at slam solutions recently. So there's a, the sophistication grows immensely and processing, post-processing that data becomes very tough. It's not as easy as some of the LIDAR data has been very mature softwares, uh, a lot more people that can train and bring you up to speed. And we find a lot less people in our industry. So we do a lot of mentoring and training in-house, but there is some outside vendor help as well. Sure. Well, and the reason I bring that up is that, you know, that's one thing that I think we're going to continue to f to fight within uh, the surveying profession is this influx of, um, you know, the photogrammetrist now now lower cost lidar of the UAVs and the the ease of software and people coming in uh, not licensed, um, not e not even. Uh, 
not even got the remote pilot's license and they're, and they're offering these services, um, obviously. Um, so I'm glad to hear that it takes, it takes a pretty, pretty high level person to be able to, to, well, a afford to be able to buy into the technology that you're talking about and be able to actually really, uh, provide the, a competent, uh, use for it. Um, go ahead. You got, so you got that, yeah, Mike? There's, yeah, Mike, go on here. There's a, there's a lot of talk going around now about using all these new technologies and sort of a black box approach, uh, what, what Mike likes to call the Star Trek approach to surveying, uh, meaning, well, it's not really there, but the idea that you can use LIDAR uh, drones uh, to map out underground utilities is, well, I'll say it, it's nuts. Uh, mm -hmm. The stuff is underground, folks. <laughs> it's got dirt around it. Uh, so the physical aspect to this, and you know, we always these conversations always end up like we can't hire enough people. Where's the young people? This stuff is so exciting. Well, the first thing we say to those young people, okay, you want to be an underground mapper? Great opportunity. It's really not enough people doing it. It's uh, it's the it's the perfect storm of goodness, which is a great. Tremendous built-up demand to find what's under there, combined with uh, the very poor mapping that's been done uh, since the plane table went away. I'm not being a curmudgeon talking about that. Utility companies had fleets of surveyors. Maybe they got you know a, a dollar a day, but they produce some wonderful, accurate, thorough maps based on real surveys. That's gone away in recent decades and has mm -hmm. to be restored. Uh, so it's combined all that with the fact that there's not enough people doing it. Uh, in surveying in general, we can't hire enough. So we would play up with this, talking to young people. We have recruited people, young college graduates, engineering graduates particularly, and the technology is a turn on. But we say to them, okay, you're going to get on the middle of Main Street, open that manhole, stick a rod down, and scrape it around to get that invert. Right? I haven't seen a drone yet that can do that, and I haven't seen a uh, artificial intelligence that can do that. So that's not going away. And it's also the other big aspect of this, you know, where 30 years doesn't hurt, is knowing what underground utilities look like and how they're built. That is having right. work in construction and site work. Uh, you know what you know a gas chamber looks like. You know what a steam uh, system looks like. And uh, in this region, you know, to some extent, you know, the Northeast, we've got brickline chambers. We've got Western Union tubes. Uh, we've got wooden um, water pipes, you know. California, the West, they've got the huge drainage uh, underground conduit. So there's a bit of local knowledge there, but but it, it really does take somebody who understands who can, uh, you know, well, I, I, I tell Mike he's got x-ray vision, right? He can look at a street mm -hmm. and tell you what's underneath there. There's a bit of that uh, uh, involved with knowing really how these things are built. Well, and even on top, I mean, guess even on top of the, that knowledge base, I mean, it's also just dealing with the amount of data that you're collecting through all of this. I got to imagine this, we're talking terabytes of data through a, a, a lot of these processes, a lot of these tasks. And man, I've and got being three able words to, for you. What? GIS. Well, exactly. Exactly. And, and that's one Sorry reason that. That no 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 you're right you're right on um, it's just it's so much data and I don't think people truly uh, especially some engineers truly appreciate how much data we're talking about and being uh, you know having a competent manager of all of that data that the surveying profession does provide um, as, you know to put it in a in a geospatial reference so no I I I 
I can, I truly uh, I'm impressed with with how you guys go about doing your work because. Um, you know, I, we get a lot of, uh, you know, the Chicago office of underground. I mean, we get some of these and I kid around about these things being cartoons, but they really are, um, you know, from these historical maps. And, uh, that's why it's, it's so important to have, uh, this type of technology and this type of data going forward. Um, I guess kind of for my final question is where do we go from here? Where's the technology is going and where is the uh, where's the everyday use and where's the, I mean, is this become going to become, in your opinion, a, a, a more commonplace task that's going to be asked for? I mean, just like computers and everything else becoming lower in cost and easier to use and, and uh, more commonplace, do you see that within this, this realm as well? Mr. Tuig? Well, I, I think from where we're going from here is that I think uh, more and more surveyors um, won't have the option to look away from um, ASE 3802 and the quality level standards if you want to address the risk associated with utilities. Even if you don't work in the utility mapping domain, you still have this in ALTA surveys. You still have this in topographic and existing site condition surveys. So I think more surveyors are going to be involved with this work, uh, whether you like it or not. I, I think more people, because of social media, it's easier to uh, hear about it. So many years ago, I always had people said they were um, not aware of it or they've never heard of it. Well, maybe they had an excuse. Maybe they had no Internet. But I think the Internet's been around and most people have connectivity. So if you've got a smartphone, you've got access to knowing how to do due diligence when it comes to depicting underground utilities and how you manage the risk. Um, for us, we, we know exactly where our industry is going in that uh, the subsurface mapping is going to be a, a major part of our business in the future, uh, and not only supporting our own engineering internal client, but um, also for how we map the underground, especially with a, a new federal bill coming into place for infrastructure. And how do you mm -hmm. map this so quickly? If, if we don't have enough of staff already, how do you change workflows and how we collect data? Um, and just for an example, we had a project exactly this time last year they needed 18 miles of subsurface mapping done quickly. And by using one of our big wide array antennas, we actually were able to map an entire 18 miles in three days uh, before a snowstorm. So capturing that first baseline survey is going to be done with mobile mapping systems. We don't always believe that that's going to be with a drone because, uh, you know, the big push, in our opinion, is going to be in the uh, urban areas and the urban canyons, the highly densely, densely populated area. Uh, and so we don't always see a drone is taking over our task of doing that. So we believe that it's going to be done on a mobile platform um, combining, uh, you know, thermal imaging, LIDAR systems, underground GPR, all of those sensors working in unison to capture baseline data so that teams can move quickly and, and get that data exported to our team to be able to deliver on a much faster time frame than traditionally we've done in the past. And so we believe that's also the way we can move forward by attracting the talent we need to grow and our competitors are the same way. Uh, we believe once you show the young talent, we can attract more people into the survey discipline uh, and show that it is evolving and there is something that uh, is a global career, but it's also succession planning from data collection in the field to being management and uh, whatever role you want to play in the geospatial industry. So. We're convinced if you look at our website at dgtassociates.com in, in Boston, we put an awful lot of this information out there to share with other people the, how to manage the risk and where we go from here. So I think there's a lot of roads and avenues out there for us. It's pretty exciting. Oh, exactly. And, and I, 
you know, that's one thing that, you know, I've had people ask, you know, you know, we want to be on the podcast and we want to pitch this. We want to pitch. That's what I guess what really uh, enthused me about talking to, to the two of you is that it's this is where the industry is going. And so the more information we have out there and the more we can share uh, these concepts and these and 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 best practices, the better the whole profession is going to be. So uh, I appreciate you 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 saying all of those things, um, Mr. Clifford. What do you have to kind of where are we going with all of this? Well, I'll just you know maybe leave it with um, something that I say often to the surveyors. The surveyors we bemoan that you know satellites and lidar and drones you can map the surface. It's going to be we know in, in our lifetime it will be the point where you hit a button like going on an Uber a car or a pizza from Uber or whatever, and it's going to map uh, that that uh, that two-acre lot field, right? That That's mm -hmm. inevitable. I think we, we're seeing that. We're seeing that starting now. But I say to them, you know, they, and then also surveys to say, I don't want to map utilities. Well, what else are you going to be doing right in the future? But I also say to them, okay, look, go to, go to Apple Maps. Look at Google Maps. What's the one thing you don't see? You don't see what's on the ground. Mm -hmm. Right. When, 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 when's Google going to do something that, that we can all do? And how often does that happen in life? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, and I guess I should leave this with one fun question because uh, from you guys basically being, well, Mike Tuig, I don't know if you have any alliance, but uh, Mr. Clifford, um, your Patriots are looking good. Uh, well, okay. You know, they're coming back a little bit. You know, I'm going to do my... <laughs> I'm going to do my best bill here. We're on to, uh, you know, where are we on to next? We're on to Indianapolis. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, gentlemen, I appreciate your time, and uh, we'll definitely uh, check back in with you uh, uh, soon down the road and see what other uh, other things are coming, coming through the pipeline, no pun intended. Um, but, no, thank you for your time on this because, it, like I said, this is a – big part of where we're going and it's just one of those things that like you like Mike Tuig said until we had the the internet there really wasn't that much exposure to this and so we really need to be able to push this and get those young minds uh, into surveying so um, thank you both again and uh, we look forward to catching up with you again soon thank you Tim for your time and thanks for bringing us to your uh, NSPS audience you bet thank you thank you so much we appreciate it we enjoyed it today you got it. Have a good night. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says Podcast, brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor. <laughs> <laughs>